Humans are heading back to the moon and hopefully one day Mars. But before any of that happens, all eyes will be on Space City as a crew of the Artemis II starts their training at Johnson Space Center for the first mission to orbit the moon in over 50 years. Joining me today is Artemis II Commander Reed Wiseman to talk about his time in space as an astronaut, why this mission is so important, and if we'll make history in our lifetime by landing on Mars. It's Monday, June 26th. I'm Rahil Ramznali, and here's what Houston's talking about. All right, we've had some awesome guests on CityCast Houston, but I think this is the best one. Commander Wiseman, welcome in. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. It's great to talk to you this morning. Great to be in Houston. All right. So how does it feel to be the first astronaut on CityCast Houston? Uh, wow, what an honor. I didn't even know that that was a fact. So it's uh, yeah, it, it feels good. Cool. So before we get to all the awesome stuff that's happening right now with Artemis 2, I got to ask you, being in the Clear Lake and Houston area, what's your favorite restaurant while you're there at Johnson Space Center? Um, I'm not sure we can play favorites. I will tell you that uh, I told my friends when when and if I ever move from Houston, uh, the people and the food are what I will miss the most. Uh, but some names that have been important to me since I moved here, uh, Killen's Restaurant. I took some friends there on Saturday night. Uh, Papacitos. Yes. Uh, you know, there there is so much good food. There's so much good food history here. Uh, I pretty much love every restaurant I've been to. Oh, that's awesome. That's what I'm talking about. All right. So in April, you know, I sat down and watched the Artemis 2 trailer with my daughter, which, by the way, that was incredible. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, what exactly is the Artemis 2 mission? Artemis 2 is a single mission, but it's part of a broader Artemis architecture that we really want to see humans walking on Mars. Before we go to Mars, we're going to go out to the moon. We're going to live and work sustainably and responsibly on the lunar surface and in lunar orbit. And Artemis 2 is the very first tiny step in that architecture. So uh, me and my crew of Victor Glover, Christina Cook, and Jeremy Hansen will launch out of the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. We'll do two laps around the Earth in a low and a high Earth orbit, and they will, we will press out 250,000 miles uh, and do one turn around the moon and then come home. Man, that is incredible. This mission is so important for the future of space exploration. Do you kind of feel that pressure already, just everything you laid out, and because of what's at stake here, do you feel pressure? Uh, I think what we feel right now is excitement. The public support has been amazing. The political support has really been heartwarming. Uh, a lot of people are interested in this. I was sitting on my couch a few weeks ago, at, right after we got named to this mission, and my phone rang, and I picked it up, and it was Tom Stafford, who went out to the moon on Apollo 10, and uh, he was telling me just how excited he was that we were going back to the moon and on to Mars. So even when you can get the Apollo generation that was there in the late 60s and early 70s motivated, that really made me happy. I keep hearing about the Orion spacecraft. What's so special about it? Uh, what's special about Orion spacecraft is it's our first spacecraft uh, since the 1970s that's designed to operate in deep space. It is incredibly capable, uh, loads of backup systems, loads of crew capabilities. So we can fly this vehicle out to the moon, past the moon, a crew of four. We can live and work in this capsule for two to three weeks and, uh, and if anything goes wrong, we have a lot of backup methods to come home. So it's an extremely redundant vehicle, completely designed to operate at the moon and beyond. 
And how different is it than the the shuttles and the rockets that we've been using before? Because I'm sure training to learn everything on board it must be intense. I would say, in all honesty, a spacecraft is essentially a spacecraft. The space shuttle was an awesome machine. It was designed to go to low Earth orbit to about 250 miles off the surface of the planet. Uh, Orion is designed to go out to the moon and beyond. So we have to learn how to work a little bit differently, work with uh, small communications delays, and then really work on our emergency procedures because anything happens like Apollo 13 on your way to the moon, you want to be able to get home. So how do you physically train to go to the moon? What's that been like? Uh, so far, it's been a ton of media. Uh, we did a trip to New York, a trip to Canada, L.A., and then, of course, up to Washington, D.C. to uh, thank our political leaders for their support of NASA and our and our goals. Uh, myself, Victor, Christina, and Jeremy learning to live and work together and then studying all of the deep technical aspects of this spacecraft so that when we launch, we know everything that is going on in the vehicle. Wow. I don't think people understand how incredible that is that right here in our backyard in the city of Houston – Y'all are going to be training to go and orbit the moon. That is incredible. It's an honor for us. Uh, we love this town, and we're happy to be here doing it. All right, so you spent 165 days on the International Space Station. How often do you still think about being in space? Uh, oh, my gosh. Being in space changed me completely, so I think about it just about every day. Um, when you get to leave our planet and look back at Earth, it is incredibly beautiful. Uh, the science that we're doing on the space station, you know, it's the, the International Space Station has been in orbit since the year 2000. There have been mm -hmm. people living off of our planet since the year 2000. So if you are younger than 23 years old, for your entire life, all the inhabitants of Earth have never been on our home planet at the same time. Uh, mm -hmm. Right now, we have a great crew on the space station. Frank Rubio is going to be up there for an entire year. Uh, the Axiom 2 crew just launched and uh, did a, a mission of about a week up to the space station and came back. Axiom's right here in our own uh, town of Houston as well. So that, that place is just a booming science platform. I think about it all the time. Floating is amazing. The view of the earth is amazing. And the people that you get to work with uh, really blow your mind. Can you describe the first time you saw planet Earth looking down? Uh, without a doubt, I, I rode to space. Uh, my only mission was in 2014. I rode on a Russian rocket uh, launched out of the Baikonur Cosmodrome in Kazakhstan. And I, I just absolutely distinctly remember getting to space and floating. And I looked out the window and I could not see the Earth uh, just because of the way the spacecraft was oriented. And then the spacecraft did an automated maneuver to set up for uh, a burn that it had coming up. And when it did that maneuver, the Earth came into my window and I was just completely blown away. There was a GoPro that was Velcroed to our uh, instrument panel, and I pulled it off, and I just stuck it to the window because I just had to capture that moment for the rest of my life. Um, and it, it absolutely takes your breath away. There's no photo. There's no video that I've ever seen that comes close to the beauty of the curvature of the Earth, the blue of the ocean, and the black of space just on the horizon. It is. It absolutely takes your breath away. What's it like doing a spacewalk? Because you, you were out there for 14 hours, right? I think you did a total of 14 hours. Do you ever just turn off all comms and you're just like, I just want to feel silence and like feel the, the lackness of sound of space? Well, first of all, we have a fan that is always running. And if that goes silent, then it's time to go inside as quickly as humanly possible. Um, but there was a there was a moment on my first spacewalk where I got to the top of the space station. Uh, each spacewalk is about six and a half to seven hours long. So they're long. Uh, I got to the top of the space station and the sun was setting and the view was so spectacular that I asked 
Houston, Mission Control Houston, if I could just have a moment to soak this in. And of course, they said yes. Uh, so you do recognize the beauty, but it is uh, going outside the, the space station to do repairs and, and to upgrade the space station is it's the most physically demanding, mentally demanding thing I've ever done in my life. Oh, that is beautiful. Okay, I've got two more questions for you. You've talked about how this is a small step in a bigger journey for Mars. Um, hopefully, you know, being on the uh, lunar surface as well responsibly, as you mentioned. When do you think we can accomplish these goals? Let's go with the lunar surface. When do you think humans will be there, not permanently, but working, operating, creating a base? How far away is that? Uh, that is that is right next door, uh, if you want to think of it that way. NASA's goal is to get humans on the surface of the moon as quickly as possible, if we can, on Artemis 3, which will just come on the heels of Artemis 2. Um, I think it's pretty technically challenging. And uh, one of the neat parts of Artemis is uh, NASA is not building all the hardware. We're not contracting everything. We're asking private industry to come along with us. So SpaceX is building our lander for our first human landing. We just had a second contract with Blue Origin winning for a second lander. Um, so I think within the next uh, three to five years, I think we are realistically working on the surface of the moon. Wow. How about Mars? Because I keep telling my daughter, she's eight years old. I keep telling her, I'm like, look, you're going to be going to Mars. All right. Like I'm training you to become an astronaut. You're going to be the first person on Mars. I keep telling her that and she hates it. But do you think that's going to happen in her lifetime? I absolutely 100% think that's going to happen in her lifetime. If you look at the trajectory of technology and what is going on with private space right now, NASA is setting the goal. We're setting the strategy of humans on Mars. Private industry is filling in uh, the pieces of the puzzle for us. And I think it's, you know, quote me 10 to 20 years from now, but I think we're realistically heading that way. NASA has been operating in low Earth orbit for decades. We know how to do it. We know how the human body reacts to weightlessness. We know how the spacecraft react. Uh, we have all the pieces together. Now we just need to go. It's going to be incredible to see that puzzle fall into place. I told you I had one more extra question. What's your favorite space movie? Uh, hands down for me, it was Apollo 13 came out when I was okay. in college. I think it's perfectly done. It really shows the crew dynamic, the vehicle mission control aspect. Uh, it shows spaceflight as a team sport, which it is. And I just think that movie was very well done. That's awesome. Commander Wiseman, thank you so much for spending some time with us on CityCast Houston. And we're going to be following along. Best of luck in everything. All right. Thank you guys. Great talking to you this morning. That was Commander Reed Wiseman. You can stay up to date on all of the training and news from Artemis 2 with the link in our show notes. Before we go, yes, Houston is space city, but we're also leaders in medicine with the medical center in our backyard. And Dr. Hagab Kantarjian is one of those leaders. Dr. Kantarjian has been revolutionizing leukemia treatment at MD Anderson and has even improved survival rates for leukemia patients. But Dr. Kantarjian isn't stopping until treatment is available for everyone, no matter their financial background, and eventually he even hopes to completely stop using chemotherapy as a treatment for leukemia. I've linked a feature The Chronicle wrote on Dr. Kantarjian in our show notes that you have to read. That will do it for today. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something new. Even hopes to completely stop using chemotherapy for 